Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome inside the Celtics Life Podcast. I'm Justin Quinn here with friend of the pod and former NBA scout Alton Lebrecht to talk about the top of the NBA draft, as well as to review the deal that Danny Ainge just made from the top pick from a relatively unbiased or at least a not green-tinted point of view. How's it going, Alton? Uh, it, it's going pretty good. I think that's a accurate description in my opinion. I hope so. I, I don't really know what to think about anything right now. I am completely exhausted trying to stay on top of stories. I am breaking the limits of what I know about the collective bargaining agreement to try to figure out who's going to be available for what in a trade if one materializes. And I'm sure you can imagine. I'm having the same oh. issue. Uh, I did not know you could stretch both players. I thought the stretch provision was for one player in the contract. So now... Dang and Mozgov, that's that's a fun possibility already. Yeah, it's stretching a lot of thoughts. And both of us, I think, have Twitter closed right now, so the league is going to be entirely different by the time we're done recording this. So I wouldn't be even remotely surprised at this point. Yeah. There was a big signing for Boston this morning, or maybe there wasn't. Now we are hearing that Danny Ainge is saying he and the Celtics are in talks to pick up this combo forward not combo forward that's not, that's not the word i'm looking for uh stretch big man I, I know next to nothing about this guy from maybe six hours ago i learned just about everything i know about him he is playing for bundesliga or was playing for bundesliga he was an early entry draft option i think in the 14 2014 draft didn't get picked and played but was not taken by the Washington Wizards Summer League in that year. And now we are trying to figure out, evidently he is not signed to the Celtics, but in talks, I think timing may be a big part of it, as well as based on everything I'm getting from the information on this guy, Daniel Fayes, I think is how you say your name. Please don't crucify me if you do. He could either end up being kind of like an exception guy, mid-level or biannual type guy, as kind of a replacement for Jonas Jerebko or Kelly Olynyk, or he could also be trade filler, which is my my uh, my inclination based on the timing of everything. Got any thoughts on that? All I know is that I've got four YouTube videos of his highlights pulled up, all of them three minutes long, and that's about <laughs> yeah. There's one that I think maybe got Danny Ainge's interest, or maybe it's just coincidence, but the, the one that's circulating the most that I've been seeing shows him rejecting the future, I guess you could say, rotation big, Antti Zizic, that people are saying if he was in this year's draft, he might end up being a lottery pick, which is pretty great considering we got him in the second round last year. Beyond that, I think we, we both have absolutely no idea what's going on with him. Or really with anything that's going on with the draft, at this point, you guys are now, you guys, as if you are part of the Lakers organization, but you're a fan of the Lakers organization, so as far as I'm concerned, that's good enough. Yeah. What do you think about the situation for the Lakers at number two? 
I think that Magic would have loved if somehow the Celtics weren't sold on faults and had just taken Jackson at two, or at one. Now that that is very clearly not going to happen, I think we are sold on Lonzo Ball. How he fits in, I don't think matters when you're taking someone in the top five. I don't think you draft positionally. Then if you're in the top five, Celtics excluded, you take the best player available. This is not the NFL. One through three, those are franchise-changing players. So probably Ball, and I, I will be okay with it. I think you might be right there, but I really, I can't tell the difference between smoke screens slash psyops, whatever you want to call, you know, basic misinformation or slightly correct, but not completely correct information. Hmm. There's just so much out there right now. Like I heard that the Lakers were not very impressed with his workout, at least on the conditioning front. I'm not real sure, you know, how factual that is, but that's that's the general consensus that I have. Have you heard anything to that extent? I think we've all kind of seen those reports. Um, there was some talk about his conditioning uh, not yep. being quite up to, to scale. There is the issue with his father and how he will exist in the yeah. L.A. media. I feel really bad about putting that on this kid. Everything I've heard from his time at, at college – from the other players, from his coach, it's that his dad is a personality, to say the least, with a lot of issues I have with him. And that Lonzo just shows up and plays and is a good teammate. He he made a pretty funny video yesterday, kind of taking his dad a few his dad down a few notches, which I appreciated. Uh, so the Foot Locker commercial, yeah. So I I think he comes with a lot of baggage. At the same time, this has been a two player draft for a pretty long time and you agree you agree that that it's been basically ball and fault yes i the jackson has entered this discussion so late the game is surprising to seem suspect yeah surprising to the degree that i don't totally buy it yeah i i'm pretty vocal too about character issues i'm sure you know which ones i'm referring to in terms of him vandalizing a woman's basketball player's car who threw a drink in her ex-boyfriend's face which is one of his teammates and it didn't escalate into actual physical violence but as far as i'm concerned First of all, that's a really shitty-ass thing to do for anyone, and in terms of just from a business perspective, you don't you don't spend that kind of a resource on somebody with that kind of a question mark unless you are in a position where you can deal with it, and I don't really think that either club, the Celtics or the Lakers, are in that kind of a position. I don't think the Lakers are for sure. The, the Lakers are, are not there yet. I'd like them to be there. The Celtics probably could handle it. I, I just wonder a lot about redundancy with, with Jackson in Boston. You you have Jalen Brown. I, I just said, don't draft positionally, you know, when you're in the top sure, five. Sure, but, but at some point, though, you, do, you do need to sort out the, the situation long term. And that doesn't really put the Celtics in a position of strength, particularly when, you know, I mean, I guess if someone else wanted to draft him, for example, the Chicago Bulls. Yes but couldn't get high enough, then I could see something like that happening. But one of the things with all of the questions swirling around the top of the draft right now is I am not entirely clear what Boston's plan is. And I'm worried, and you can tell me if I'm nuts, but I'm worried that Danny Ainge might put himself in a situation where he's left at the altar, so to speak, and he makes some moves that he could probably live down for making. I mean, already he has. If the materialized trade that I'm thinking is in the works doesn't work out because of timing or, or whatever, there's so many ways it could go wrong, then I could visualize, and I, I hate to do this to myself, but I could visualize him being stuck with something that 
isn't exactly what Boston really wanted in the first place. I mean, I could see them thinking they'd move out of that position for someone that wanted Jackson and then end up with Tatum. I would think the Celtics would be fine. He, he's a bit of a better scorer that y'all would need. The trade in general, uh, Matt Moore of, of CBS tweets something to lines of, when a smart person does something stupid, it's a chance to reconsider your own opinions. And I think I've tried to do that a lot for this Danny Ainge thing. And I still think it's a stupid decision. That's kind of where I've landed on it, is that I don't totally understand this trade. I understand the, in the concept of, of you have Isaiah Thomas, Markel on, on a on a first place in the Easter Conference team. Fultz could be a, a next generational talent. He could be a star. His defense is certainly concerning. And you don't really need him right now. So why not trade down to three, get a guy or move down further and get more assets and set yourself up for either the Lakers two through five or the Kings and Sixers the following year. At the same time, it's so bad trying to follow those protections and how, like, what the value might end up being, like, trying to extrapolate. Well, if they get this team ends up with the first pick and then we don't get it that year, then that some very good work by Mike Zarin, at least in terms of flowcharts. Anyway. Yeah, I, I, the Boston Celtics press release about it, I thought even did a pretty good job, which I wish every team included those kind of details when releasing, you know, trades about draft picks with protection. But, you know, these things change so quickly. 24 hours ago, the idea of the Lakers getting Paul George was like kind of a joke, but now it's a thing. And if they get Paul George, they're not going to be two through five. Like the chances of that when they made that trade are different now, are so different now than when they made that trade. And where the Sacramento Kings could be and where the Philadelphia 76ers now with Fultz, Ben Simmons, and Embiid, and I guess Okafor, where they'll be in two years is a really fluid situation. Whereas the number one, yeah, whereas the number one overall pick this year with a star point guard, it has such value. I'm sure he- It's frustratingly difficult to wrap your head around at this point. Listen, if, if Marco Fultz is, is middling or just an all-star, then it makes sense to continue to stockpile these assets. But like, I really do think Danny Ainge's legacy is, is hinged on this because if Fultz is a star and the assets don't put the Celtics over the top, this is going to be a, a moment to look at. The moment yeah. to look at, really. I mean, he deserves all the credit in the world for Banner 17, but. This is just one of those things where it almost feels like a gambler's compulsion gone wrong. You know, you and I have both kind of dealt with the the Patriots constantly stockpiling draft picks and the frustration that comes with that. But this also feels like a repeat of the conversation we had a couple months ago where Inch doesn't capitalize completely on an asset and kind of push kicks the the ball down the field a little bit. And I, I respect like keeping your options open and, and the versatility it creates, but this at some point you just gotta for lack of a better turn of phrase take a dump or get off the pot you, you have to capitalize on what you have sooner or later you can continue to stockpile assets but in the in the nba more than probably in any other league when you have your shot at these kind of players you have to take it i don't know if faults is that kind of player a lot of people are convinced Magic certainly was convinced. Um. I was convinced too. And then one thing that I've been noticing, and this was spoken about in the last podcast also by Mark Allison and Topher Lane, there was some concern about the medicals, at least among pundits and analysts, 
bringing them up in a way that has me wondering if maybe there's a little bit of information under wraps of just trying to burst forth with the, the knee injury he had in high school and the sore knee that had him out for the, the end of the year and resting and recuperating. Obviously, we're not going to know the answer to that. So, I mean, if you have an opinion on that, feel free. But, I, but there's always some, some red flags that we don't probably right. see. Whether or not they would convince me to not take him, probably not. More than anything, his defense would. But even, even then, I still favor him pretty clearly over ball. Celtics blog's Alex Kungu had a really good piece recently about the overhypedness, I guess you could say, of his defensive knocks. And he he had me sold at the time. I am, you know, a little concerned based on some reports that, that Fultz's workouts weren't, you know, they weren't bad, but they, they weren't on the level I think some people were expecting. Have you heard anything about how he did with Magic and, and the Lakers in his workout? He blew Magic away. There was a lot of talk about Magic being just completely enamored. I'm always skeptical about the importance of the workout. You know, Yijian Lan looked great against a chair in a workout. <laughs> they're, they're not game scenarios, and very rarely do the top stars ever do a competing workout that neither of these guys have. But I do know that the Lakers loved him. The, the Magic Johnson wanted him. So... If they had taken ball first, I have no doubt the Lakers would have taken balls. You were supposed to say it was a terrible workout, and we made a very, very smart move. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. I don't think. <laughs> I can't. Fine. I can't lie to you. Um, besides those guys, you know Tatum and Ball and Jackson. There's some other guys who have been featured in Celtics uh, draft prospect videos that leads me to believe that they're, you know, on the radar. Also, the fact that they're on the top of everybody's board or near the top of everybody's boards also make me suspect that there's at least a decent chance that these players could be selected by either the Celtics or the Lakers. Mm-hmm. If you had a look at Darren Fox, uh, Malik Monk, Laurie Markkanen, and Dennis Smith? I've, I've had a look at, at some of them. I, I do know that you don't include Isaac, and I'm entirely okay with that because, boy, I want to say that the only – FSU basketball player that I know in the NBA is Tony Douglas, and that's certainly not good. Don't worry, Bruce, a lot of talent there. They're okay. They're, they're okay. Um, Monk's a little small. If you look at it, where, where they kind of slot in, Isaac probably would, would be great in Minnesota. They're, they're all good players. I just, I really do think it's a, it's a two player draft. You're going to make a lot of our fans cry, but I mean, that's what, that's what Lakers fans do. Yeah, no, we, 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 <laughs> it's our history and we're, we're okay with that, but it's, I don't think you can make a case for Fox over over Fultz. I, I, I just don't think you can do it. I like Tatum for the Celtics. I, I really do. Um, I think he he slots. In. I've come around to him too. I think he slots in well next next to Brown. You know, I I talk about Josh Jackson. You know, kind of overlapping Brown, but but Tatum Tatum would slide in pretty well there. I'm gonna just murder his name, and I'm deeply sorry for it. Mark Hannon, is that it? Mark Hannon. Markkanen. We'll go with Markkanen. We'll, we'll, we'll go with Markkanen. A seven-foot guy that could shoot, is it's useful in this league. It's really useful in this league. That has value in and of itself. It, it, I, his rebounding issues, yes. But you don't – when you have a, a guy with that size, you hope that his length can overcome that. You can – he's never going to be a true – He's got short arms, though. yeah. Height though, verticality. Verticality. He's not. He's not that bad of a rebounder in terms of using 
using his height and athleticism to get rebounds. He his biggest knocks, at least as as far as what I have seen from him, is his footwork is not really appropriate to be guarding the perimeter. He's a little bit slow in terms of guarding guarding down. But I mean, he's seven feet yeah. tall. What do you want? Really, the fact that he can even guard threes at all is pretty damn good. I, he. I, I remember when Anthony Davis came out, all this talk about how he had this growth spurt and how he was going to be able to guard point guards. And I've watched Anthony Davis. He's seven feet tall. He can't do it. The, the, the footwork is never going to be there for a seven foot tall guy guarding somebody that much smaller than you. So I think it's overblown. I do. The thing that worries me a little bit is strength. Like his core and his legs are very weak. Not his top. He's, he's super jacked up top. He just did like the, the typical workout thing where everybody just does arm day until someone tells him you have to do the legs too. And that's a little bit concerning going to a program like Arizona that you would think would have the, the staff that would really be working on his core so he could muscle in to get, to get boards where he isn't necessarily going to get them because of length. I like him around six or seven or six or nine. I, I like him towards the back half of the top ten. I would even be, well, if, if Boston had the fourth pick, I would be okay with that as a reach. If they had him in for a workout and were really comfortable with how he might perform in NBA spacing, mm. because he was super effective on Arizona when he had space, when he had a little bit less space to work with and the lane got clogged up a bit more than he couldn't really, you know, crash to the rim. He has a over nine foot release point and you have to double him basically to reliably slow his shot. He's such a lethal shooter. So there's this player on the Boston Celtics who desperately needs some people to help score and get him some space. So both him, both Laurie Markkanen, Markkanen, however, please don't kill us. Um, And Malik Monk Monk were two of the people I thought would be you know, situationally useful, but I mean, even even at the number four pick, that's still kind of high to be drafting based on what somebody can do rather than all around skill set. Yeah. I I like Malik Monk. I think Monk could be a good scorer. But at the same time, you have the third overall pick in the draft. I I get that you are the number one seed over overall, but you you can't can't really draft based on trying to fit a niche that that early on. No, not long term. Yeah. Again, why I think he should just have to stay at one, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Any thoughts on uh, Dennis Smith? Uh, eh? Me? Yeah, I, I really, I really like how explosive of an athlete he is, but it seems kind of like he only that he he has a lot of offensive tools, but he's not so great at passing, and he's not a very good defender. Like I, if you're gonna take a point guard, you should have taken Fultz. I hate to keep going back to this, but yeah. like. Yeah, well, um, especially someone like Smith is, is on, on a team like NC State last year. It's it's a bit hard to judge, especially when he's not a, a, as good of a talent. Just overall, he 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 attacks the rim. That that's certainly useful. I kind of would prefer some more shooting on your team at this point. But again, like that that, that, yeah. that, that that's a decision to have. Like again, six six through nine, six through ten, not at, not at three or four. I feel sad to come back cross- to that, but it's it's just it's. No, no, it's such okay. a confusing I'm, point to me to to have moved down with the purpose of of using your pick to fill an immediate need. Just it just doesn't seem to, not a wise decision. Yeah, it just doesn't seem to like understand the asset that you have. You know, Smith Smith could ease up the load on 
on Isaiah. He would have to kill himself quite so much, but not not worth taking that that early. Uh, yeah, no, Gray, if, if you trade down, Mark Cannon's shooting. I'm I'm not. Yeah, I'm in love with that jumper, man. It is the best jumper I've seen since Ray Allen, like hands down. And it's it's really only the fact that he really can only seem to attack the basket or shoot from three. Those are that's basically his entire game. He's a great pick and pop athlete, but well, I'm preaching to the choir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably, I'm probably pissed off plenty of Celtics life readers at this point because I have worked so hard to try to concoct a situation where we can draft him without making a mistake. And the, the, the jumper affection that I have for the guy just doesn't, doesn't match the, the complexity of his game. So I'm dealing with it. I'm going to have to watch him become the next Dirk Nowitzki or something someplace else. It, it doesn't match where you, you guys are at. And that's frustrating. Again, that, right. that could change before Thursday. Literally everything could change before Thursday. It could have already changed as far yeah, as we, we Woj has not tweeted about it, so we don't know. <laughs> so some other some other things that we've been dealing about as a Celtics fan base is how drafting any particular pick will affect our ability to sign free agents. Mm-hmm. Now, without getting into that whole free agent, like which one discussion? Gordon, Gordon, Gordon Hayward. <laughs> Gordon Hayward is the <laughs> this topic. Gordon Hayward definitely. Blake Griffin. Gordon Hayward, uh, pretty, pretty squarely. <laughs> pretty, pretty squarely. I, I, I like Blake, but you take Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I mean, I would not be in any way upset with a Blake Griffin signing so long as we have a team or mutual option on the last year, just in case the durability goes even further south in a hurry. A lot. Of, I don't see him signing it. No, I, I don't see it either. But, well, I mean, I don't. God, I don't know what's going to happen with the Clippers. God, Doc has dug himself into a bit of... Doc seems like he's on his way out, huh? Doc seems like he's on his way out. Jerry's there now. It seems like Chris yeah. is on his way out. I don't... I mean, I, I can certainly see Blake on the on the move. I think a lot has been made about his talent being tied to his athleticism that isn't accurate based on his current game. He He's improved uh, as a shooter. Uh, he, he's not just a guy that dunks really hard. He can pass from the elbow real yeah. nice, too. He basically would be like having two Horfords at once. Yeah. I, I've seen a number of times this season him hit that uh, pick and pop jumper from the, from the elbow that KG used to do for y'all. Uh, that boy, that, that would be nice to have again. But if, if you have the cap space too and the option for both, you, you take Hayward. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed completely. One other issue that is related to that is the amount we have to pay the, the draft pick now. My understanding is that when when you have the pick, your cap automatically takes the 100% hit. Mm. You can pay them 120% later when they're signed if you feel like yes. it. But regardless of that, they just hit you with 100% assumption yes. in case you're trying to you know save space as we would be, at least in this particular situation, mm. for the year yeah. one. Now, the difference between number one and number three is $1.1 million overall cap Assuming we keep it, you know, trading for, I'm just going to say Jimmy Butler, because theoretically he's going to be available maybe by the time this podcast is done. And I can't, can you think of any other player that would make sense to trade for Boston that is reasonably likely to be available? I mean, I guess Paul George would be, right? Yeah, Paul George. I saw someone write a story yesterday that said if DeMarcus Boltz and the Pelicans go south, that Anthony Davis would would be in play, and I don't totally buy that. Jimmy Butler is 
probably the most likely. Kevin Love could be on the move. But yeah, Jimmy Butler is the most likely. I don't really put a lot of stock in the Anthony Davis rumors. And it's on the wrong timeline for for this stuff in particular. But yeah, I wouldn't be mind blown. The, the, the Benson family has not really had their shit together in terms of running either of their franchises for some time now. Yeah. So I could believe that somebody could be talked into letting him go for a godfather type of an offer. And you know what would be really useful for one of those kinds of offers? The number one overall pet? Yeah. <laughs> Boy, it sure would be good to have. I'm going to go cry now. Listen, I feel you. I feel you so much right now because I'm dealing with, with a very difficult issue, which is the, the Paul George issue, which has emerged the last for him, then you guys are going to really potentially do a lot of damage to the the ability to rebound as fast as you would like to. I don't. I don't. I don't want to do the trade. I I do not want to do the trade. We, if he makes it to free agency and we get him, fantastic. If he doesn't, the core is young. There will always be other players, and I will be fine with it. I, I'm just not. I, I read Tom Ziller's piece. I, re- I read the piece on the vertical about why it needs to happen now. There are cap reasons that kind of makes sense at the same time. I don't think the, like Tom Ziller's piece starts off by saying that D'Angelo has been a disappointment. He has not been disappointed to me. He's, he's hardly, hardly. He's a, he's a kid. He's a kid. He's a kid. He's a kid in a league full of ridiculous point guards, but second season, he's 20 years old. He's uh, averaging as many assists as Curry, Lillard, Paul uh, Westbrook did that, 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 those first few years, he's shooting twice as many threes as Curry did his first two years. His usage is insane. Uh, his numbers are being driven down because of the team he's on, and I, I think he has potential. So, like, I, I'm not ready to give up on him. I'm not ready to give up on Randall. We could trade Ingram. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm real unclear as to whether he's going to pan out or not. I'm willing to give him some time because he's young and so thin, but I was not impressed last year. If we could get Paul George for Ingram and Ball, I maybe would be okay with that. But even then, that's too high. That's too high in my opinion. That's that's really too high. Like, I don't want to be the the typical fan base fan. It's like, take Jordan Clarkson and, 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 and... one asset, asset as though that's. I mean, I, I would say Ingram, Ingram, Nance, and and um. I'm about to make so many of your friends so angry because the the classic example is the Celtics being like, "Well, we'll give you Avery Bradley." And, 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 <laughs> no, no, we, we understand at this point that that while Bradley is a great two way player and probably deserving of a close to, if not a max contract. He's also only got a little bit of availability left on his deal, so he's, he's maybe worth a non-lottery first. Yeah, I, I don't want to be that way with, with Clarkson, but right. the kind of deal that I think we would need to make for Paul George is not one that I'm interested in, at least with, with where this team's at. I, I, where the Cavs are pushing things, yeah. Yeah, oh boy, the Cavs. That's a decision, another trade I, I wouldn't really understand because they wouldn't be able to beat the Warriors with Paul George either, so... If they do end up with with Jimmy Butler on their roster, I do see the logic because if they just trade for Paul George, then, you know, they get one more shot yeah. to take down the Warriors, which won't work. Won't work. And then, you know, LeBron will leave and Paul George will leave and they will have, what, Kyrie and Tristan and Love, which is not a horrible team. That's like a 45-win mm-hmm. team. Yeah. 
Oh, whoa, sweets, whoa, sweets. No, okay. Uh, <laughs> something about Blake Griffin. I can't pull it up right now, but yeah. Uh, scary, scary, scary. Well, considering that, and considering that you have some other very important viewing, The Bachelorette. I do. Or is it The Bachelorette? Bachelorette. It's uh, uh, Rachel Lindsay, former. I think it was. Uh, that's been to the article, which is that in college, Rachel Lindsay used to date Kevin Durant, and then she dumped him and went to law school. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's Kareem. Kareem was on. Right. Kareem was on episode two. That was that was good. I didn't know Kareem watched the wow. show, but okay. I'm gonna have to start watching. Yeah. No, you don't have to start watching. It's so bad. I love it, but it's so bad. That's why I would watch <laughs> yeah. it. That's explicitly why I would watch it. So just to wrap up, give me a grade on the deal for Philly. And for Boston, for, for Philly and A, I, I think it fits the exact, you know, the exact thing they needed. They needed a point guard. Ben Simmons, you hope comes back. Embiid is a wild card more for me than anything. And Okafor could still be a good player. You needed a point guard for that team. For Bo- no, they have one. For for Boston, I, I can't give it a bad grade because they get assets. I just. Don't like the, almost certainly two lottery picks for one. I just I, I I understand that. I still just don't like the the deal. It's there's a difference between a lottery pick and a top three pick. So I, I yep. B or C probably probably a B. I can't I can't fault B minus. I can't fault the logic for it, but it's it doesn't fit right sit right with me. It fits wrong in my gut as well. Lastly, who should the Lakers take if you were if you were in charge of making the selection on draft night? Who would you be? I taking? would take Ball. If Fultz is gone, you take Ball. It's it's that simple. He's he's got the most potential. You are not a team. We're we are not a team in a position to to not take a kind a potential talent like that. So you take Ball. Well, that might surprise a lot of people, but I think it's good to hear because there's always a chance that you won't and we will. Yeah, that's certainly possible. Oh, please, Magic. Please, Magic. At which point, Celtics, Celtics fan base will just implode at that point. It'll just dissolve into fiefdoms and riots and who the heck knows what else. I really can't imagine anyone less suited for the Boston media than, than Ball's dad. Boy, that would be a uh, – that would have some issues. It would be entertainment. I'll give you that. I don't know if it'd be hate watching or fun watching, but it would be something. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> well, I will let you go. We have kept you entirely too long because we are just minutes away from the start of your show. <laughs> and uh, I have to have you back soon whenever you uh, feel like coming on and uh, talking turkey about the Lakers. Oh. From over the Hopefully we can do the roundtable afterwards. We'll, we'll get the tech working for that. Absolutely. And for the rest of you guys, you can check out the links at the top of CelticsLife.com where we have a huge variety of shirts and hoodies at the store. You can even get tickets to the next game next year when that rolls around. And you can find the pod on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and most podcatcher apps. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you like what you hear, please rate us five stars. And if you don't like something or you have any kind of a suggestion whatsoever, Make sure you let us know with a comment on any Celtics Life article on Twitter. You can use the hashtag CLPOD, C-L-P-O-D. We're trying to bring you the coverage you want the way that you like it. And hopefully we will all be getting the player we want the way that we want it. That's all I've got. Talk to you all soon.